are now listening to the Book Idea to Execution podcast. We help aspiring authors and entrepreneurs take their book idea to execution effectively through strategies, tips, and applying pressure, all while helping you establish and continue your legacy. Please welcome your host, Michael Benjamin. What's up, y'all? Hope y'all feeling blessed. Hope y'all feeling amazing. I hope y'all are feeling great. Welcome to a new episode of the Book Idea to Execution podcast, aka Byte, where we are always about applying pressure and helping you meet your writing needs. Today's episode is a very special episode because I have a very special guest I'm excited to interview. I'm excited for y'all to get these bars, this heat from her. So I'm interviewing Latasha Jimerson. Latasha Jimerson is an author, book coach, educator, online course creator, and motivational speaker. Latasha is also the founder of Self-Awareness University, which now offers 17 courses to students from 18 to 80 years old. She married her college sweetheart 21 years ago, and they've been raising three amazing young women. Her passion is teaching adults how to self-publish, so you're going to learn a lot. Her clients are stunned that they are able to create their first book in weeks, not years. As a teacher, she breaks down hard concepts into manageable chunks, so bite-sized, like we talk about in the episode. As a book coach, she uses her accountability framework, which she called the belt system. The belt system means best effort in less time. Latasha takes busy professionals and helps them transform into amazing authors in less time. Her secret sauce is the use of customized activities and worksheets that are modified for each student. Her most popular worksheets are her timeline activity, storybook activity, vision board, and 90-day plan. She's super excited to roll out her first book, Workbook. This is for people who have no idea how to create a book. It starts at ground zero and takes you through every step in the self-publishing process. This book is a goldmine for new authors. I'm so excited to have Latasha on the episode. Welcome, Latasha. How are you doing? Hey, thank you. Happy Friday. That was amazing. Thank you for that introduction. (laughs) Yeah, no problem, no problem, no problem. So first of all, thank you for your time. Um, I know you're very busy taking authors to the next level, and I'm excited for you to take my audience to the next level. We have listenership in Puerto Rico, um, Russia, Germany, just to name a few regions. Any regions I'm forgetting, don't feel disrespected, but, you know, obviously the U.S., so I'm definitely excited for you to take them to the next level. First of all, how are you doing? Absolutely wonderful. It's a beautiful Friday. I'm blessed. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm getting some relaxation today because I only have one client today, so I okay. am really relaxed today. <laughs> nice, 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 nice. How's your, how's your week? My week was very fast. I had one author finish completely, and I had another author. She's at 99.9 right now. Mm. And then I have somebody on her heels. So <laughs> it's been a whirlwind, but it's a lot of fun and I'm excited. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. That is amazing. Okay. So I just want my listeners to get a picture of who you are. Like, who are you? Where did you grow up? Give us, give us a quick story about yourself. Oh, absolutely. So I tell people I'm bi-coastal because I was born in North New Jersey, but raised in Oceanside, California. 
So I understand multiple perspectives. Um, I grew up, you know, in the 80s. I was a latchkey kid. And uh, I don't know if you guys know what that means. But basically, I spent a lot of time at home alone with my sister and brother. It basically helped raise my two younger siblings. So that's that's pretty much my um, who I've been. I've, I've always been a leader, always been pretty responsible, always been somebody that liked to learn and really just really love to grow. That's just a little bit about me. Definitely, definitely. That's definitely amazing. The fact that you love to grow, the fact that you love to learn, that's pretty representative of my audience. So I definitely look forward to you dropping some gems on them. I mean, just from knowing you uh, personally, I know that you have a lot of gems, so I'm definitely excited for that. So this is the Byte Podcast, Book Idea to Execution. So basically, we're going to go on a journey. So we're going to go from book idea to actual execution, because the whole purpose of the podcast is I want to interview people that are published and figure out what it was that allowed them to be published and not, you know, holding them back because a lot of majority of the people that are listening to this are aspiring authors. They're in the process. So whether it's fear, whether it's thinking money is an issue, you know, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to help them get to that next level, but I want us to start from the beginning. When did you figure out you wanted to be a published author? Oh, wow. Okay. So I've been a writer since I was about 12 years old. And I've always had diaries and I've always had journals. So throughout my life, I've documented things that had happened to me. And one of the things is I grew up in a single parent household. Um, mm. And that was because my mom decided to divorce her first husband, which abused her uh, mm. on a daily basis. So I witnessed a lot of violence, a lot of um abuse, a lot of trauma. And so my getaway, my escape was always my journal. And then I always had some kind of book to read. And, and my mom would say, girl, you always got your nose in a book. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that was exactly, I literally have my nose in a book because that was my way of getting away from everything that was going around household and in the neighborhood and at the school everything that was happening was chaotic and so the thing that I took refuge in the thing that was safe for me was to read a book and then write a summary about it I mean I literally would read encyclopedias mm, wow. I, I would read dictionaries I would read whatever had a word on it I was reading it <laughs> wow. and then when I was able to write I started writing and I mean, I just never stopped from 12 all the way up to now I'm 44. Um, mm -hmm. But the thing that actually uh, gave me the courage to become an author was when I literally had a nervous breakdown as a mom. I had two mm. little, little kids, two and four years old, and I had just started my career as a teacher and my husband and I were married. We had got married right after college, we met in college. So all mm -hmm. of a sudden I started um, having these really depressed thoughts and mm -hmm. just really bad anxiety attacks and panic attacks. And I was like, I don't know. I really didn't understand where this stuff was coming from. But long story short, it was the childhood trauma that I had pushed down for so many years. 
in order mm-hmm. to be able to survive and to thrive in college, I had to really uh, ignore a lot of the things that had happened to me as a child. So when I started to become stressed with work, again, I went back into my refuge. I went back into my writing. I went back into my reading and I ended up having two separate surgeries in the same summer. And so I literally could not go to work because I became a workaholic. That was one of the things that was out of whack in my life. And the surgeries made me sit down and get quiet. And so I started praying and meditating. And the one thing that I heard consistently was God was telling me, you need to document your journey and you need to tell your story. And Mm. I hid from it. I mean, that was 2016. I started writing my first book in 2016. I didn't put it out until 2017. Mm. Because again, I was so worried about what people would say. um, Because I've always been known as the lady with the smile, with the good Mm -hmm. energy, the happy person on the outside. But on the inside, I had all this trauma that I had not dealt with. So my first book came out in 2017 and it's called uh secrets from my closet and it's Mm -hmm. basically pretty raw detail of how i would cry myself to sleep at night how i was very lonely even though on the surface i looked very happy my husband didn't know what was wrong with me my kids definitely didn't know what was wrong with me my mother, mm-hmm. my father, nobody knew what was wrong with me. Nobody knew what was happening on the inside of me, except for me. And so when I mm-hmm. finally exposed all those details and put that into writing, that is when people started to become attracted to my story. And that is when I was like, whoa, okay, this is beyond me. This is not about me. This is this story transcends all different racial barriers. I mean, I had people from work calling me that I didn't even think they even paid attention to me. I thought one lady, I thought she didn't like me. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, in person, she was very short. And Mm -hmm. when we had an opportunity to work together, she really didn't want to participate. It just felt like she did. The energy was off. She didn't like me, but she was one of the first people to get my book. And she sent me a message on Facebook and said, I loved your book. Thank you so much for writing this book. It was amazing. And I was like, what? Do you you like me? (laughs) (laughs) And um, she was just like, what? She's like, this is a great book. Like, this is really good. And I was like, okay, wow. Okay. That opened my eyes. And then I got another lady to read it. She was also one of my coworkers, but I knew she liked me because her and I would have lunch together. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know what? She said, I got I got out of the hospital a few months ago. And the first thing I did was I went on Facebook. She said, and I saw that you wrote a book. And she said, as soon as mm-hmm. I got out of the hospital and I could, I, I bought it. And she said, I read it in a, like a couple of hours. And she said, that book has kept me sane. It's kept me out of the hospital. Wow. And I was like, whoa, this is deep. Okay, this ain't me, God. Thank you, God. <laughs> yeah this ain't me it's just me being obedient and you know telling the story getting it out and allowing people to be blessed that's really really what I like to do is allow people to be blessed by my story Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
That's very, very important. As y'all are listening, y'all are always hearing me about saying, don't be selfish. Don't hold your story to yourself. You see how Latasha's experiences were able to bless people. So that's why I always try to give y'all these gems in order to allow you to move forward so that you can publish. Imagine if Latasha didn't put the book out. So just be thinking about how you can execute so that you can make your book a reality. Are you the first author in your family, by the way? Uh, absolutely. I'm the first one who actually even went to college and got a degree. Mm -hmm. um, the first one to be able to make enough money to not have three mm -hmm. jobs. <laughs> wow. I mean, my, my family, it comes from a lot of struggle. And so I'm, mm. I've been the one that made it out, you know, and I'm, I'm blessed beyond belief. And I just, I'm so grateful that I was able to be the example. And even as a child, like my mother would, would treat me, I'm the oldest. She treat me like mm -hmm. you are the example. You are the one so you mm -hmm. need to carry mm -hmm. yourself accordingly. And I internalized that even from three years old. Mm. Yeah. That's definitely, that's definitely powerful. And you said a lot of powerful stuff. I just wanted to backtrack a little bit. So you were in the hospital, had surgeries, and you were experiencing all of these different adversities. Do you think these adversities were the birth of you actually being an author? Like, do you think you would have been an author had you not went through all of that? Absolutely not. I, I probably would have mm. needed to live a mediocre life and you know, have mm. the white picket fence and go to work, come yeah. home and do all of that stuff. But every little struggle or every little traumatic experience made me aware of how much I can connect with other people. You mm -hmm. know, you mentioned that you have listeners from Puerto Rico, China, India, all over the world. Like mm -hmm. every piece of myself Everything that hurt me is something that connects me with somebody else in the world. Yeah. There's so many layers to, to just the things that occurred in my life, just the domestic violence in the household. We'll just take that. One. Mm. I mean, look at mm -hmm. 2020 right now. Domestic violence is on the rise. My heart goes out to people dealing with that situation because you feel trapped. I remember feeling yeah. trapped in the house every night. The, the abuse would happen after midnight. Every, everything would be fine during the day. We go to school, come home, we go to sleep. I would be awakened at about two o'clock in the morning. My bed would be shaking. Wow. And I would wake up and see my mom lying next to me. And she had pushed the bed up against the door so that her husband could not get into our bedroom. Wow. And we would fall asleep like that every single night for about five years. That was hell. And so anybody mm. who's going through any type of domestic domestic violence relationship, any type of you know abuse, I identify with that on a deep level because it is it is very painful to see someone you love going through that. And I, he never mm -hmm. put his hands on me or my sister or my brother. It was always my mom. Mm. And so I became her, not only her confidant, but also her protector. Because for yeah. some reason, he was afraid of me, probably because I was not his biological child. 
So uh, it was a different type of relationship. And he knew my father. And if my father knew what was going on, it would have been a huge issue. But everything was kept a secret. Mm. So that's, you know, my book is Secrets from My Closet. The little things that you don't know about people, you know, they're walking around smiling and acting like everything's okay. But there's a lot happening beneath the smile. Yep. Yep. And the fact that you are the first, like, your family didn't know what was going on with you, no. right? So it's like, <laughs> it's, it's like you're putting this out there and people are aware now. And, and, and it's like, damn, now I, now I know what's going on with her. Yep. So that's why as y'all are listening, if you're scared to put that book out there, if it's fear, what people are going to think. Latasha literally put the book out in fear of, oh, what are people going to think? But it's helping people. A coworker that she thought didn't like her, now they on the, having a talking relationship, you know what I'm saying? So you just got to really put it out there. So I'd like to transition now to actually talk about your book idea. Then we'll go on to actual execution, to dive into the mindset to make uh, more published authors out here. So I know what your book is about, but why don't you tell us the genre, what it's about? I said it in the intro, but just give the listeners um a little a little bit more information on your book i think they'll receive value from yeah it. so the the my first book i think that's the genesis of this whole story so i'll, I'll focus on the first book um the okay. whole idea was me telling an autobiography of of myself so it would probably mm. be categorized categorized as a memoir um but mm -hmm. it's also under the category of self-help and also spirituality because mm. I talk about how God was my refuge. I was praying, I was meditating. I was talking to God, asking God, how do I get out of this situation? What am I supposed to be learning from this? So literally there were times when I was up until three o'clock in the morning and I was writing that book and then I would go to sleep and I would wake up and I would just feel, I would feel compelled, like almost under a trance when I was writing that book. And when I was done yeah. writing it, I don't, I literally don't remember what I wrote in that book. Damn. I don't remember. If I, if you ask me right now, what were the chapters of the, I don't know, because I was under the Holy Spirit the entire time <laughs> that's powerful yeah it was not my experience it was a supernatural spiritual experience between me and god and i was supposed to put it out and let it bless people and you know what it caused a problem with my family because it was so deep and my mom said how could mm -hmm. you talk about this stuff it's so personal you know i talked about the abuse i talked about being molested i was as young as three and then again i was molested at about eight or nine and i don't wow. know who these people were because i was too young but i know i remember i had nightmares about things that were happened to me so mm -hmm. i wrote about this stuff that came into my mind and she, my mother said i don't know why you would do that I don't know why you, but I gave her the book three weeks before the deadline. I said, I need you to read it. She waited until it came out. And no. so, you know, all of my close people 
I, I gave them a copy of it and I said, you need to read it before it comes out because I don't want you to be surprised. You know, mm -hmm. I even talk about intimate details, how my husband and I were impacted about that because our sex life was affected because I was molested. So mm, I even wow. go into that and I told my husband, can you handle it? He said, yeah. So anybody that's out there that is feeling nervous, afraid, worried about what people are going to say, what your family's going to think, it's way bigger than you. It's way bigger than your mama. It's way bigger than your family. We're talking about generational curses that are mm. being broken. We're talking about family uh, secrets. That, that need to be exposed. I, I said in the book, this is one thing I do remember. <laughs> I do okay. remember this metaphor. <laughs> and I said, whoever's trying to cover up a secret, your wig is about to get snatched off. Oh, man. <laughs> Bars. <laughs> Drop the mic. <laughs> yeah. I wrote that in the introduction. I said, this book is going to talk about some things that happened in my family. And I'm pretty sure it could have happened in your family. And some people, their wigs are about to be snatched off because the truth is the truth. And I'm just going to tell it. And so that's what happened with that book. <laughs> Man. Man. I'm sure there might have been a possibility of should I put it out yes. or not? What was your ultimate why that allowed you to push forward and actually take action and actually execute it and push it out despite a possible backlash? Yeah, so I I believe there there's a quote by Les Brown and I'm sure I'm going to mess it up, but he talks <laughs> about how he was coaching a lady and the lady felt like she wanted to take her life to the next level in her business. And she said, I feel like I've been pregnant for 16 years. And I said, whoa, when she said that, that's exactly how I felt. I felt like I had been pregnant for, I don't know how many years, but I had all this information bottled up inside mm. me. And I've been pregnant four times. So uh, when you get down to the last trimester and the baby's kicking and, and you can't bend over and tie your shoe and you can't go to the bathroom, like you're running to the bathroom because you just really feel uncomfortable. This is how I felt with this book on my heart. Like I was pregnant for 15 years. And mm. I said, I'm not going to do this no more. I'm going to go ahead and give birth. And I don't care what happens next. <laughs> because <laughs> when you're pregnant and you're uncomfortable you don't care about nobody's feelings mm. you really don't so by the time I got down to the last wire I remember my deadline was July 1st uh, 2017 I wanted to get it out by July 1st and when I got down to July 1st I didn't give a damn I said okay mom it is what it is and three weeks later, you know, she called me and said, I'm so glad you wrote that book. <laughs> <laughs> so 
Sometimes, sometimes you gotta be. Sometimes you gotta be selfish on the front end to be selfless Ooh, on the back end. Yes. Yes. So. Yeah. So even though you got backlash, it's like you were doing it for the greater good at the end yes. of the day. So it's definitely important that you did that. So you said you missed your July 1st date. How long was the journey from the very first time you had the idea to actually the book being in your hand? Okay, so I started writing. Actually, I didn't even, to be honest, I didn't even really have to write much because I already had content in my journals. So that's another thing. That's for your, uh, your authors to know. You're not really having to reinvent the wheel because as you've been dreaming and living, you probably have things that you've already written down. So I really just mm -hmm. had to go dig through my diaries and my journals and, you know, they were in boxes and I just, I pulled it together and, and synthesized it, put it into, you know, the actual form, um, the manuscript and pulled it together. So I would say from about April to what, April, May, June, July, probably three months. Yeah, it, mm. it wasn't more than about three months that I pulled it together. Making the decision is what took forever. Mm-hmm. And that's 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 why I'm interviewing you. That's why I'm interviewing you because I say it. It's one thing if I say it, they could just be like, okay, Michael, he's saying that Michael can sound crazy. But if I have a guest that's saying the same thing as me, then you know it's really, really yes. important. So don't let the three months <laughs> yes. discourage you. You know, operate at your own timeline, but you gotta make um a decision yes. just for measure's sake. My yes. journey took like 14 months. Half of it was me trying to convince myself yes. that I was worthy yes. to even put out a book. So it's, it's really important that mindset is a lot yes. of it. So um, I just want to ask, like, what would success look like for you? Let's say with your new book or even the book you're focused on right now. Just what does success look like for you with that book? Uh, for Secrets or the one I just published last week? <laughs> It'll I'll be go with or. secrets because that's really the beginning of my whole self-publishing mm -hmm. journey. Um, success looks like me being on a stage and speaking to thousands of people. You know, I love Les Brown. I love mm -hmm. Les Brown. I love Eric Thomas. Um, I want to represent mm -hmm. African-American females on that stage because I, I, I mm -hmm. want to be a big name mm -hmm. just like Eric Thomas. Les Brown, Anthony Robbins, um, helping millions of people mm -hmm. transform their lives. That is amazing for me to see my, I, I envision myself on stage. Mm. And then I also envision myself founding more universities, more schools that are not online, mm -hmm. but are physical universities uh, where I'm working with young mm -hmm. people to help them learn how to self-publish. Because it really mm. brought on a lot of confidence. Like my that first book was like my platform. Um, and it was a springboard to my second book. And I, I don't think I would have written my second book if one of my readers had not said, oh, I finished that book too fast. It was amazing. When are you going to write your next one? I was like... Wow. You know how hard that was to write this first one? 
<laughs> yeah. What you talking about, Willis? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> what you talking about, girl? But it really, you know, you have to listen to your people that are in your circle. Because this particular mm-hmm. reader, she's in my circle. Um, we've been business associates for some years and I value, highly value what she says. And she's very perceptive and very mm-hmm. honest, um, but also very nurturing okay. as a friend. And, and she said, when are you going to write your next one? And I was like, man, mm-hmm. she said it's so casual, like, just do it, you know, like, just get over it. And I'm like, dude, yeah. she don't even know how hard <laughs> this was. <laughs> she don't, And she's never written a book. So I'm sitting there thinking, really, how, how are you just going to? But she was right. You know, this is this is another mm-hmm. career for me now. You know, this is what I plan to mm-hmm. do for my retirement is to retire as an author and a speaker on the stage. You know, this is a whole mm. new life journey for me. And I'm I'm just going to ride this thing till the wheels fall off because I'm excited and I don't know what's going to happen next week, but I'm open. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Just, yes. keep, just keep pushing. And. And I know those of y'all listening, I want to just address you. I don't want to leave you out. I know we have nonfiction listeners, but we also have fiction listeners. So fiction listeners, it doesn't mean that you can't do stuff like mm-hmm. um, speaking. You can speak as well. You can speak about, you know, the vampires you're writing about. You can create a curriculum around your book. And I'm going to be honest, I haven't decided on a title for our episode right now but we're gonna we're, we'll figure it out later but um I guess would it be the same thing in terms of success for you as your author career like what does success mean for you as an author versus like taking yeah. away the, okay well let me let well? me piggyback on what you just said about nonfiction and fiction um, for anybody who's okay. a fiction writer, fiction lover, like before I started writing books, I told you I started when I was 12 reading. Actually, I think I started reading at mm-hmm. about five. And so those oh, were okay. the storybooks, nice. um, the magic school bus. Um, I remember mm, Judy yeah. Bloom. <laughs> and what else was I reading? I was reading so many um, fiction books, Dr. Seuss rhyming books. Um, yeah. I was reading fiction. I was reading a lot of romance novels as a teenager. Mm. You know, I was very curious about romance. So I was mm-hmm. reading those. Um, I don't remember mm-hmm. exact names of authors, but I read a lot of fiction. So those mm. words, all of those words produced someone who can write and and speak you know and read so all of it is important whatever genre just keep writing and storytelling storytelling is what defines us and it's what connects us so as long as you're able to tell a good story you're going to bring people in you're going to connect people you're going to be the one who is able to persuade and influence you know if you can tell tell an amazing story that's going to be very uh, instru- instrumental in your career. And so success for me, I've, mm-hmm. I've done the teaching. I've been a teacher for 17 years. Um, I wrote my first book in 2017. So that's three years as an author. I really am stepping into my speaking career. That's going to be 2021 for me is speaking on stage. Yeah, that's okay. what it is. 
Okay, perfect, perfect. You spoke about, you know, influence, uh, you've been teaching, and then now you got the book, which has me um, curious, what kind of opportunities or doors has your book or book? Oh, yeah. So the first thing is, um, I got an interview, someone called me and said, Hey, um, you dealt with depression. I'm writing a paper for a course that I'm taking for my degree in psychology. I need a case study. Would you be willing to be a case study? I said, mm. absolutely. So she came to my job. Mm. She did the, uh, the research and, and she quoted, she cited from my book. <laughs> she, she cited my, my writing. <laughs> I was so honored. Yeah. She put um, several quotes in her research, went ahead and graduated with her degree in psychology um, retired from one career, moved on to a career in clinical psychology. So that was a phone call that I got from someone on Facebook. And so that was, I was honored by that. Mm. I was like, wow, okay, you want to hear what I have to say? That's amazing. You want to cite my work? That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay, so that happened. And then mm -hmm. I got in touch with someone on Facebook who is a organizer of author events at the library. So I've been invited to our local library um, every year. So three years, ever since I wrote that first book. So every year they invite me and I go and I speak. And this year it was a virtual event and they invited me and I spoke. And then I've, I've been to schools to do staff trainings. I've been to churches um, and it's been people calling me saying, Hey, are you available? Can you come over here? And I'm like, sure. And so now 2021 is mm. approaching us. And so I'm like, okay, what's the next step in my career? Okay. The next logical step for me is to become a motivational speaker and take the stage and start to get paid for the things that I'm doing every day, all day. Anyway, <laughs> stop speaking. Yeah. I just, I, I, yeah. you know, I would like to retire sooner. So, you know, the speaking money is going to be very nice. And so, you know, it's very lucrative. Definitely. So that's my 2021 goal right there. Um, it's to be on 12 different stages throughout the year. That would give me one speaking gig per mm. month. I'm claiming it right now. Mm. <laughs> Amen. Yes. Speaking into existence. We could play this. We could mm -hmm. play this episode a year from now. You know what I'm saying? Just yeah. uh, see what you spoke. Imagine getting paid to speak about Ooh, what you wrote. Yes. Right? <laughs> so, I mean, y'all got to just publish <laughs> yes. a book, man. You got to just publish that book. You just got to publish a book. So I like to say that people are addicted yeah. to overthinking, uh, but they're allergic oh, yeah. to execution. Yep. So this is me transitioning into the execution phase. What's something that you wished all aspiring authors Okay, I'm, I want to break down the superpowers. Can I break down the superpowers? <laughs> yeah, let's break it down. I'm always talking about Let's get it. These, these are... <laughs> you remember what I'm talking about? Yeah, flight assessment. From the um, the library speech. Okay. Oh, ABC, so ABC, ABC. Right? I came up with this... Yeah, oh, it, gotcha, in gotcha, my gotcha, mind. Gotcha. I was just daydreaming. Yeah, I was daydreaming about like all the things that can happen to a person because mm -hmm. I want I want to explain it to my clients and, mm -hmm. and it's really hard for me to explain it to my clients because they're in the thick of it like they're pregnant and they're uncomfortable and they're mm -hmm. they're kind of mad at me. Mm -hmm. 
So I, I thought of something that would make it really easy for them to understand and stay focused and go ahead and give birth. Um, so A, B, and C. This is LT's A, B, and C. So when you become an author, A, you have authority. Mm. So whatever your topic is, you know, if it's yourself, you only you know your story. So you're the expert. You're the authority. That's A. Mm-hmm. B is your brand name. So all of a sudden you publish, your name is on the list of all the other people who have published. Mm-hmm. So your name, your name now means something. Yeah. You know, it always means something, but now you're elevated because people come into you. Yep. And then C is crazy content creation. <sighs> because you go, you about to have some crazy content. And if you want to do courses, you could do courses. Mm-hmm. So there you go. ABC, authority, brand name, crazy content with courses, if you want. Definitely, definitely, definitely. So you wish that aspiring authors were more aware of it or yes. can you give me a little bit more on that? Yes. If, if I want authors to understand that it's not about that first book. It's about what happens after. Mm, okay, that's a fact. It's not about like the way you see yourself right now. It's about the way your family is going to look at you when it's done. Mm. Because you, you were, you made a promise and you kept your word and your children and your grandchildren are going to hold that book in their hand. And they're going to say, this is from my grandma or this is from my grandpa. And they're going to be so proud to be related to you. That is a fact. Just as a disclaimer, um, there's knocking in my apartment right now. You guys know I'm a done is better than perfect, so I'm not gonna re-record it. Just dismiss it. Yep. Don't be. We're not doing perfection around here. Get your first draft done and and get some editing done. So if you hear any more noise in the background, that's what's going on. I apologize for the quality. That is what is going on. But yeah, you definitely spoke some facts. Um, just to dig a little bit deeper because I want us to really dive deep to figure out why aspiring authors haven't published their book, why they haven't made it a reality. So I want to ask you, why do you think people stay in the book idea stage for so long and don't actually execute or even finish their first draft, whatever? Like, what do you think is going on over there? Oh my goodness. Okay. So let me tell you a quick story about my first four clients. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I, I, I launched my course in July, July 1st. Mm-hmm. I have four clients, two of them paid in full. Two mm-hmm. of them did a payment plan. So they started on July 1st and I will be honest with you. I was not impressed with the result from that first cohort. Oh man. I, I, I will tell you, I'll be very honest and transparent. One out of the four graduated. Wow. So I'm still traumatized from that. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm a high achiever. I'm a high achiever. I push myself. I push other people. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I really, I know what these people are capable of. Because Mm. I listen to what they say and I watch what they do. Mm-hmm. And I'm the accountability person. I'm the project manager. So mm-hmm. what has happened is when we get to about 
50% done. And we're getting down to the editing and the formatting and the cover designing and all this fun stuff, right? But mm-hmm. when it comes to what I call click, click, boom, people, in my opinion, in my experience, they're start dragging their feet. <laughs> all of a sudden, the, the reality, when we put the book inside of the template and I show them on the screen This is what it looks like as a book. We run it through the system for Amazon. The cover gets put on it. We see it. We download the proof. We look at it. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's like the ultrasound. The babies come in. Yep. The babies come in. The brakes, they push the brakes. They start getting distracted. Life starts to hit them really hard with all kinds Mm. of distractions. I mean... When you tell the universe you're getting ready to do something amazing, not every energy is going to be in your positive, in your favor. That's a bar. You know, that's true. The Murphy's Law, yep. that's what Les Brown says, Murphy's Law, when it, whatever can happen, will happen, can go wrong. That is, yeah. that's when my authors start to back up from me and I have to go after them with the texting and the I become the stalker because I'm like wait a minute <laughs> I'm like no you hired me to be your coach I'm we getting this yeah. done and I will tell you I'm still in touch with the other three authors that have not graduated yet they still have not graduated but wow. what do you think the root cause is it's it is a lot of fear it is a lot of fear. It is layers have, uh, of fear. Yeah, it's crazy because I had an episode that I dropped on fear because I tell the listeners if they want to DM me some topics. Somebody, a young lady asked me, you know, how do you not allow fear to stop you from publishing? I broke it down just talking about fear is imagined because you're creating something yes. that is imagined. Like, oh, what if some so-and-so is gonna say yes. something about my book what if it doesn't yes. sell like yes so i just say it as um if you're listening to this you probably heard my episode on fear but just as a reiteration it's not just me saying it you heard lt yes. say it so i'm not I, I i talk about stuff on the podcast it makes sense this is my yes. point you know what i'm saying so Um, another thing that I see with people not executing is sometimes like, oh, publishing is too expensive. Was money a barrier to you for publishing your own book? No, because I am, I am the most thrifty person (laughs) Mm. when it comes to running my business. I, I do not pay for extras. I will sit on YouTube for eight hours a day until I figure out what I need to do to get it done. I will not, I just started paying people for professional services. Mm. And I've been doing this for three years. I don't believe in wasting money. Um, if it can be done mm-hmm. on Amazon or if, if I can do it using YouTube, I will figure it out. Now, there are some things now. I'm going to the next level. So I did hire somebody to help me with public speaking because that's a whole new animal for me. 
So I did hire yeah. someone to help me with that. And I hired someone to help me uh, fix my brand because I know my brand needs to take a mm. shift. So I hired two professionals, but that's only just recently. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't, I, with the whole process of self-publishing, it's like God wants you to self-publish because Amazon will upload the stuff for free. You can go on Canva mm-hmm. and create a book cover. Um, mm-hmm. You got Grammarly, you got Microsoft Word 365 that helps you with grammar. I mean, there's so many tools out here that are so inexpensive. There's no excuse. Yep. There's really no excuse not to put your book out. If you have a book idea and you really yep. want to get the book out, there is no reason why you can't get your book out. And I lowered my coaching prices. So for Christmas, I'm running this special. So it's a, it's mm-hmm. a steal of a deal. If you want coaching, there's so many other, not just myself, but there's so many coaches out here that will give you an affordable payment plan and work with you and help you. So there's really no excuse for not getting your book done, especially right now, 2020, you know, Man. we're stuck. Some of us are stuck in the house. Some of us are, you know, there's online is where it's at right now. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> De- def- I hope y'all are really listening because LT is giving you some major bars. She's literally running a sale. Yeah. And <laughs> something interesting that she said is, you know, about YouTube University, yes. which is yes. true. But, but you should also be aware mm-hmm. you don't want to fall into analysis paralysis because you can consume so much information yes. and all of a sudden you don't do nothing. Yeah. So I would recommend y'all you can do the YouTube university thing, but definitely reach out to LT, invest in yourself because she'll definitely help you get to the next level. It, investing with LT will be like a cheat code. You'll yep. get to your result quicker. So just really be open about that. If you are if you have that fear thing, I'm sure she'll help with you with your mindset and um, things like that. What was the hardest process for you to execute during your publishing of your book or any of your books? Um, the hardest thing that really gave me a lot of stress was when I got down to the last part and I was uploading my manuscript and I couldn't get the margins right. Like the margins mm. drove me crazy. Um, mm. And trying to get the formatting right, the getting the template right, just all those little technical things that require you to like, understand math a little bit (laughs) those were the things that kind of scared me but I kept going because I was like you know what um I've uploaded this thing 14 times and I'm Mm -hmm. going up if I have to upload it again 14 more times this is going to get done (laughs) definitely definitely that determination and don't I just took a deep breath during math yeah Cause I know, I know some people, as soon as you mentioned math, you know, they, they, they about to leave the episode, don't leave the episode or anything, but you could always outsource as well. Cause I personally <laughs> did not um, yes. do my formatting and stuff. So just understand a team can make it easier for you. And if the worst thing can be the margins, you know, there's not a lot holding you back from publishing your book. If you keep making excuses, you're excusing right. yourself from your possible yes blessings so keep that in mind so i wanted to ask you what do you think is a common misconception people have that holds them back from actually executing 
I think people are under the impression that, oh, self-publishing is not the same as traditional. Like, those mm-hmm. are not real books. Like, they're not real because they're not on the shelf at Barnes mm-hmm. & Noble or I don't see them in my local library or you're not going to get like HarperCollins status because mm-hmm. it's just it's a homemade cheap book like that's a huge misconception with people mm-hmm. um, because I know some authors in my network you hold up their book you put it next to a traditionally published book you won't be able to tell the difference facts because I mean, nowadays the technology is so smooth and we can outsource, you know, use Fiverr to get someone to design a beautiful cover. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it just depends on how much work and time you want to put into the project. But really, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not even about like what it looks like or who's going to buy it. Like your first book to me is a tall cup of confidence. Like, if you don't get anything else, say you put out a poor product. Okay, let's say you put out a poor product. You got it done. You did it with your own hands. Not too many people are doing this. Like, it's like you go out there, you go build a house for your family to live in, right? Who's building houses? Like, you would feel so proud of yourself if you built a house for your family from Mm. the ground up Mm, with your own hands. Yep, yep. That's yep, that's a yep, tall cup that. of confidence right there. I love that. I love that. That's, that's, uh, definitely, that's definitely deep. Uh, y'all should definitely write that down if you haven't. And, you know, commit it to memory so that you can get closer to publishing your book. Out of, out of curiosity, you've been, you've been giving us a lot of, you know, game, giving us your story. Um, I feel like some people might be curious. With your writing process and executing it, do you outline or do you just like write off the top? Oh, my goodness. I'm such a planner. I I, I mean, I I have a plan A and a B and a plan B for B. (laughs) Sometimes that can cause analysis paralysis, too. If you're overly planning. So I have a skeletal Mm. basic outline. And it has a thesis statement, which is what Uh is your point? And then uh, who are you? It's kind of like the elevator speech. Who are you? What do you do? Why do people care? Why are you writing this book? And give me a whole bunch of examples and then sum it up at the end by giving us a restatement. I love that system. You got a system. They better write you. Y'all better write that down. That's a system right there. (laughs) Yes. And and this is what I teach my high school history kids. And I taught English mm-hmm. for a little while and psychology for a little while. And any paper, any research paper, any written article for a scholarly journal, it's all the same process. What What is your purpose? Mm-hmm. Why are you writing this? And mm-hmm. why should we care? And, and give me some evidence. Mm-hmm. Give me a lot of evidence. And then, and then at the end, summarize your evidence, restate your thesis. Just you're like done. That. <laughs> Boom! Just okay. like that. <laughs> okay. Uh, do you ever get writer's block? Just out of curiosity. 
Um, I don't. <laughs> because mm. writing is a muscle. And so I am so used to writing that a couple months ago, I stayed up late three nights in a row. My husband was like, what are you doing? And I was just in front of the computer, right in the bedroom. And it was late at night. He's like, are you going to bed? I was like, nope. Why are you still up? This went on for like four or five days. Wow. And he said, are you writing another book? It's almost annoying to him now because <laughs> he sees me whip it out so fast. I'm like, boom, I got 25 pages, babe. And he's like, okay, what are you writing about yeah. now? Because <laughs> literally what I do, when you start to, to, to create, and this is what my pastor says, we are all master mm. creators. We just have to step mm -hmm. into that space. And so when I see a problem in the world, if I see an issue with my family, somebody else's family, if there's a problem, I start researching and trying to find mm. a solution. And then when I find a solution, I write a book about it. Wow. So I never have writer's block anymore. Not anymore. I just sit down and I know the outline. It's in my head now. Mm. I've internalized it. Um, and I did have a semester of law school. And so it's pretty much the same process when you're getting ready to go to court. You have your opening. You have your closing. You have your evidence. Mm -hmm. You have your thesis. You have your hypothesis. You know, like a scientist mm. doing an experiment. You've got a hypothesis. It's a process. You go through this whole mm -hmm. thing with reasoning. And you provide lots of examples and data and statistics and stories. And then you summarize it and it's done. It's, it's not about, I tell people, you don't really have writer's block. You're mm. hiding. That's what mm. you're doing. You're hiding mm. and you're filtering. And it's, it, it is scary, but you have to stop hiding and you have to stop filtering. And you won't have writer's block. And I've been through a lot of therapy. I've been through talk therapy, mm -hmm. you know, group therapy, individual therapy. And what happens when you're in therapy, they don't let you hide. That's a fact. <laughs> mm -mm. You have a good therapist. They're going to look you right in your eye and they're going to ask you the question that penetrates mm, your soul. That's a fact. <laughs> Gonna come out with and I think I think that goes back to fear because <laughs> there's an acronym that says face everything and rise or something else but you just gotta yes. face it yes. and push forward so yeah I really wanted to ask that question because I've done an episode on writer's block it's been a commonly asked question so I just wanted to know from your perspective and from the fact that you haven't experienced it really um, I really like your answer of just telling people to face it because, um, you know, it could be a blinded thing, kind of like fear. Right. So that's definitely important. So I wanted us to transition into the bite round, which is just going to be a series of maybe like five questions. And it's like a lightning round. So 
I'm gonna ask you a question and then you know, yes. you answer off the top. I love it. But before <laughs> before we get there, I just have uh, one question for you. You kind of alluded to it earlier, but I'm just curious. So, what is next for you? Okay, so my whole next vision is I'm I'm resigning from teaching. Not okay. too many people know this. Um, okay. I I made the decision in August that I'm going to resign from teaching mm. in December. So um, speaking is my new career as of January 1. Okay. That's, that's my new career. And that I believe that's going to transition me into um, maybe television, mm. maybe radio. Right. I'm going, I'm going into the entertainment industry in nice, some nice, form nice. or fashion. And yeah, I don't know if it's script writing, acting. I'm not sure what it is, but I know that it's a different career. It's in the entertainment industry. Um, and I'm going to retire with uh, being an administrator for my own schools because I really have a heart mm -hmm. for young people and the way our schools are being run is yeah, not right. And so I, I, I have a lot of ideas and I have a lot of strategies for the way that schools should be run. But I'm the kind of teacher who, if I can't run it my way, mm -hmm. I'm not going to do it because I, the things that are just being done are mm -hmm. just ridiculous. So like, I'm the kind of teacher, if I had a school, we would be wearing mm -hmm. uniforms we would be standing up. Every kid would be giving speeches. They'd have a portfolio. They'd be publishing their own books. They have dope. their own website. All my kids dope, would be dope, entrepreneurs. Dope. All yeah, of them. I definitely. Because that's the thing. We we pre we create consumers. We don't mm, create producers. Facts. And so my students, even in my my history kids, it's a whole different kind of history class because they have to stand up, and mm. they have to speak, and I sit down. So, yeah, it's it's going to be speaking. It's going to be um, running my own school. Okay, so that's dope, what's dope, next dope. for me. Okay, so now we're going to get into the bite round. Are you ready? <laughs> no pressure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, so. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I like okay, the yeah. pressure. Oh, you, you a high D, too, so, yeah, you know, that's good. All Woo. right, so uh, what do you do for fun when you're not? And you're not killing it doing all the writing and, you know, taking people to the next level. What do you do for fun? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm <laughs> sleeping. <laughs> I can't wait to take a nap after, a after this interview. Work, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm always on. I'm always thinking. I'm always problem solving. So when okay, I'm not okay, on, okay. I'm asleep. Yeah, I like that hobby as well. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite book and why? Ooh. Oh my goodness, Think and Grow Rich. Okay. Why? Oh, I didn't want to read it. My husband Why? like made me read it because it was something that I like the chapter two section where they talk about mm. uh manifestation. When you manifest the things that you want in your life, like there was a month where mm -hmm. I wanted to make 10K. And I told my husband, I said, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna use this formula in this book. I used it and I made 10K. I didn't even know. He had to tell mm. me, look, you made 10K. <laughs> I was like, what? 
He goes, remember, you went through the formula. You did everything that it said to do. You made yeah, 10K. I was real, like, ah! It's real. It's real. The mind is a really, really powerful thing. And I think he said something like, anything you can believe and conceive, you can achieve. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Definitely, it's true. Definitely. It's real. Definitely. Okay. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Oh, my goodness. My... <laughs> father-in-law who's going to be 80 oh, wow. in December he says <laughs> he says you need to hope for the best but plan mm. for the worst I like that I like that that's true <laughs> I like that yes yes he's a military man okay, so yeah, he okay, knows <laughs> okay 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 all right uh what habit can you attribute to your success as a published author I'm sure everyone wants to know Oh my goodness, what habit? Um I have a habit of <laughs> honestly not listening to what other people tell me to do. That's right, you're successful <laughs> as an author. Perfect. I, I do. Uh, because pe people tell me yeah. what they think I should do. And if they're if they're not where I want to be, I don't even y'all listen. y'all <laughs> listening to the podcast. In past episodes, you probably think I'm crazy. She's saying a lot of the same things I've been saying. So yeah, I definitely, I definitely resonate with that because it's like if I'm trying to be an author, why am I listening to somebody that's a police officer or something like that? So yeah, definitely. Yes, definitely. definitely. Okay. Yes. Our last question of the bite round: If you could change one thing about the black community, what would it be and why? If I can change one thing about the black community, I would change uh, their consciousness, their awareness of self. Mm. And what what that means is that I would give them an opportunity to step into a time machine and go back to the time when black people were royalty mm. and black people created, you know, the pyramid and created all kinds of beautiful civilizations in beautiful cities back in history i would change the consciousness of african people around the world so that we could remember because a lot of us don't remember we have no uh recollection of what our history was like or where we came from or why we're here mm -hmm. so i would change our consciousness and our awareness okay dope dope i love that okay before we move forward is there a question that people don't ask you that you would want to talk about? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I really would love for people to ask me, how do you develop and create confidence? So how do you? <laughs> yeah. So, so for me, I get up in the morning and I don't know about you, but I, I wake up a little grouchy. <laughs> and so, <laughs> When I get up, I play a game with myself and I, I try to see how fast I can elevate my own mood by either listening to a motivational uh, video, listening to a song, reading a scripture. Mm. I see how fast it's 10 o'clock in the morning right now. And so I just got back from walking a mile and a half. And that was a part of my mood lifting activities. And what happens is for me, as the day goes on, the more activities I do that make me feel good and the more uh, I cross off goals that I had for that day, 
the more confidence I have. And so on the days that I don't do my morning routine and I don't take care of my me self, my me time with my me care, the day is a roller coaster. No, oh, man. Yeah. So today I'm I'm pumped up. I'm on fire. I did nice. my mile walk. Nice. I sent out a bunch of emails, called some people. Uh, and I call people that are high energy people like you. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm telling. laughs> and that, you know, com- connecting with like-minded people brings your confidence up too. So for me, my success circle is really important. I mean, my husband, my, my, my um, mother, mm. my father-in-law, my children, my friends, my business associates, mm. when I'm connecting with people, consistently and I'm giving them feedback. They're giving me feedback. I'm adding value to them. They're adding value to me. That makes me stand taller and that makes my confidence just go through the roof. And that's how I develop it. I call it a tall cup of confidence. Mm, love it. Love yeah. It. Love it. Love it. <laughs> okay. I mean, you've given us, I don't know how many gems throughout the entire episode, but can you give us a final nugget to bite on? Absolutely. I want to say, regardless of whatever your industry is, um, it's really important for you to start collecting reviews, start collecting testimonials, Mm. even if it's only from somebody who's like your boyfriend or your girlfriend. Ask them, what is it that made you date me? (laughs) That's a good one. Yeah. You know, I've been married for 21 years and I constantly ask my husband, what is it that I'm doing well? What is it that I could you do better at? What is it that draws you to me? And and that information is crucial to you understanding how you're showing up in this world. Mm. And that information, if whether you're selling a product or not, that information again helps you to become more confident and it also helps you to see where your learning gaps are and where you need to improve. So mm. Collect the reviews, collect the testimonials. And if you want to know the difference between a review and a testimonial, you got to sign up for my course. Mm. You got to get my workbook, your first book, workbook. Yep, yep, yep. That's definitely, that's definitely a gem. That's definitely um, a bar. Um, I know me personally, I started collecting testimonials pretty late. So yeah, I definitely um, resonate with that. And I hope y'all are taking notes. Um, if you guys are listening to this early or on time, Latasha is also having a Black Friday sale, so you're going to want to check her out with um, that going on. But, you know, thank you so much for your time. Um, I know people are going to get value from this. How can we get in contact with you? Yes, please reach out to me on email, ltthebuddyteacher at gmail.com. And if you want to see my testimonials, please go to my website www.ltthebuddyteacher.com. Take a look at the all the testimonials. Look at my courses. Look at my books. I got tons of products. Uh, anything from a 90-day plan to how to do a vision board. I'm all about self-awareness, self-publishing. So check out the website. That's where you're going to find most of the... Uh, it's a gold mine for information. Dope, dope, dope. Sounds like, you know, they'll have a lot to play with. Um, If you guys didn't hear everything, I'll have everything in the show notes. So you could just conveniently click it. You can email her. 
And, you know, reach out to LT, let her know what you thought about the episode. And, yeah, with that being said, thanks for coming on the show. And y'all have a blessed one. Thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. Yep. Thanks so much for listening to the Book Idea to Execution podcast. I hope you got something you could bite on. You know what I'm saying? If you love this episode, please share it, subscribe, and, you know, leave a review. Follow us on IG at Book Idea to Execution and tag me on my personal IG at Michael Benjamin, M-I-C-H-O, Benjamin, because I keep it 100. And let me know you're listening. Sharing is caring. Have a blessed one.